listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, after 730 days, it's back. We were robbed last year, but it's back. I've always said sports are the greatest reality show, and you can script everything but the ending. But when it comes to March Madness, that goes double. And now the eternal question. Who can execute the fundamentals with poise under pressure consistently for six straight games? And on that note, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend adaptation. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save on your auto insurance. What else are you going to do with your phone the next few minutes? Look at pictures of food your friends ate again? Call 1-88-FARMERS for a quote. We are farmers. Tonight, we take a large bite out of the March Madness playbook. And in a minute, I will give my dissertation as to who and why I root for what and why I think there are only five teams that can win it all. In about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by legendary sportsbook director Tony Miller of the Golden Nugget. And he'll give a peek what's going on behind this busy weekend in Las Vegas. Later on, after Brian Finley's update, we're going to continue to talk big dance doings with plenty of information for the whole family. I'll give you some stats and figures that you might get a kick out of. And, of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports and plenty of data that has already been compiled after the first two days of the tournament. Actually, the first three days. Remember, it started Thursday with the playing games that you're going to find surprising. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They are shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Richard Patino, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. Before we jump in, I want to take a minute to welcome in our newest affiliate, our 600th affiliate at Fox Sports Radio. That would be Fox Sports Radio 103.5 FM and 1510 AM, the game in Spokane, Washington. And yes, they are home of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, the team I've got in my Fox Sports Radio tournament bracket to win it all. I would just say this, Spokane, welcome to the family. We're happy to have you. That's Fox Sports Radio 103.5 FM, 1510 AM, the game our 600th affiliate in the annals of Fox Sports Radio. Now, when Selection Sunday hit the airwaves last week, it was like the closest thing to normal in over a year. Water cooler buzz the next day erupted. When it comes to March Madness and the conversation and bracketology, the subject matter is usually boiled down to two things. One, who we think will win and who we are rooting for to win. Now, see, I, don't, I said this earlier. I don't really have a rooting interest because I always root for the story, the best story, the ones you'll be telling over that same water cooler, you know, for the next 47 years, like this one. You know, prior to the 1977 NCAA men's basketball tournament, which is commonly known as, you know, the big dance, March Madness, the late, great Al McGuire, you might remember he became a great announcer after his coaching career. At that time, he was the head coach of the Marquette. They were called the Warriors then. Marquette Warriors. Well, he announced suddenly, right before the tournament, he'd be stepping down from his perch, effective at the end of the tournament. It came as a shock to all because, first, the timing. Did the diabolical McGuire, who had been at the helm for Marquette for 22 years, have something up his sleeve? Was he, in fact, 
you know, trying to fire up his team. He's the only coach that was ever ejected from a Final Four game. So, you know, it was a, it was a little off, but in a good way. But he'd never won the national championship, the coveted national championship, and most believed he wouldn't retire until he reached the promised land. So a reporter, asked, a reporter asked him at the press conference, Al, is this a ploy for you to fire up your team so you can go out a winner? Nope, McGuire said. We know we have no chance to win this thing, but we might be like a cockroach in a plate of spaghetti. Don't be surprised if we fall in and mess it up for somebody else. And when the 14th-ranked Marquette Warriors defeated Dean Smith's powerful North Carolina Tar Heels 67-59 in the finals to win it all that year, it was universally agreed that McGuire had, in fact, shocked the world. That win came in Al McGuire's final game as head coach, and it gave Marquette, the program, its lone national championship. It was madness. Now, back then, I did have a rooting interest. I was actually rooting for Al McGuire. He's one of the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. He accomplished, successful, influential. In fact, as I said earlier, he went on to have a great broadcasting career after his coaching days, and his stock and trade was signature quips. Like, if you go into a bar and two uh, two patrons are squaring off to fight, the guy who takes off his jacket, he's not a tough guy, but the guy who takes off his watch, he's a tough guy. But I digress. Well, I don't have a rooting interest, I do have opinions. I'm paid to have opinions, so I give them. Frankly, I don't think we've already had a ton of upsets, all right? We'll get to that a little bit later. But I don't think when we get down to the nitty-gritty, there's going to be a lot of madness. I think it's going to be more of a chalk tournament. I think there are only five teams who can win it all. So let's dive in. Gonzaga, I, I think this is Mark Few's best team. Five straight Sweet 16s, one possession from beating North Carolina for all the marbles a couple years ago. They hammered Iowa, Kansas, Virginia, 26 wins of 10-plus points. And I know what I just said is a strong statement because they've had, you know, first-round picks like Rui Hachimura and Brandon Clark. That was the team a couple years ago after losing to North Carolina in the national title game in 2017. But the Bulldogs have never had a group with this volume of talent, depth, and efficiency. I mean, they shoot 52% from the field. If you play them in man-to-man defense, come at them with a zone, they'll shoot 61%. They're led by Jalen Suggs. He's a projected top-five pick. Anytime they get on the floor, he can be the best player whenever he wants to be. Corey Kispert, he's the West Coast Conference Player of the Year, made 44% of his three-point attempts. He'll be a lottery pick, most likely. Drew Timmy, he's their center. He'd be the number one player for 90% of the teams in the country. And if they lock up against Illinois, I believe they'll beat Illinois. As much as I like Illinois and Kofi Coburn, Coburn will have to play defense against Drew Timmy, and I think Drew Timmy will drive him nuts, and that'll be the difference in the game. They also have a transfer from Florida named Andrew Nemard. He is one of the reserves, considered the fourth-best player on the team, and he has the only triple-double on the team this year. And so when, you know, he has been on the floor as a key component when they beat Kansas in West Virginia and Virginia and Iowa. So, interesting storyline. Obviously, they're a number one undefeated overall seed. And you all know by now, they're the only under, check that, the only undefeated team to win it all was Bobby Knight's 1976 Indiana Hoosiers. That year, there were no Duke and Kentucky in the tournament. This year, there's no Duke and Kentucky in the tournament. Deja vu all over again, we're going to find out. But it's not going to be easy. I've actually got them playing Baylor in the finals, and you can make a case 
uh, and Baylor can win it all. I don't think they will, but they can. And you could make a case that no coach, Scott Drew, he inherited chaos in a situation that could have been worse. He took the program over in 2003 that they were dealing with a murder, improper payments, severe NCAA sanctions. But since then, he's Scott Drew has turned Baylor into a perennial contender. Last season, I wish we'd have had a tournament last season. Baylor won 23 in a row during a significant stretch. This season, it's one regular season loss was at Kansas days after the team had returned from a 21-day pause. Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, Mikhail Teague, they're studs. You cannot rule out the Baylor Bears. The Illinois Fighting Illini, and they've got a very interesting matchup tomorrow against Sister Jean. And during a three-game stretch late in the season, Illinois beat Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Michigan by 23 points. And that's when people started to really take notice because Io DeSumo, broken nose and all, shooting 40% from the three-point line. He's a Wooden Award contender. He's definitely an NBA prospect. He didn't even play in those games. That's why I brought those games up. So Illinois is not a one-man team. I mentioned Kofi Coburn. He made 67% of his shots inside the arc during Big Ten play. That's big time. They got a great freshman who's really emerged named Andre Corbello, averaging 16 points a game. The last time that Illinois was a number one seed, well, it was 2005. They made it to the finals, lost to North Carolina in the title game in 2005. This group has a chance to make a similar run. A lot of people have them in their brackets as winning it all. All right. Uh, I, I, I think Alabama can win it all, too. I love Coach Nate Oates. He's a Detroit guy. He's an analytics guru. He focuses on threes, layups, free throws. Very athletic and outstanding defensively. They communicate and switch well. Uh, switch very well. They're going to be a load for any opponent. Okay, you got six five John Petty. You got Herbert Jones, the SEC Player of the Year. Bama plays with incredible pace. They shoot thirty threes a game. They can play small ball and they use its top ten tempo to beat teams in transition. And they also made thirty eight percent of their three pointers this year. And did I mention they were the SEC's most efficient defense? That's a good conference. They won the SEC regular season and tournament titles, and they've only lost one game since February 6th. That was on the road at Arkansas. Another team I don't like, I love, I believe they can win it all, and this sort of completes my final four, is the Houston Cougars. I love Kelvin Sampson. They locked up a number two seed after they just blew through the AAC with just three losses. They have an incredibly hard-nosed brand of basketball. They can play bully ball, but they can do a lot of other things too. They ranked in the top ten in adjusted offensive and defense efficiency. And per Ken Palm, if you believe in Ken Palm, and I do, since 2002, when college basketball analytics really started to get to the mainstream, and Ken Pomeroy started his site. Since then, 17 of 18 NCAA champions have ranked in the top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency ratings. Now, four teams fit that criteria this year. Gonzaga, which is first on offense, 12th on defense. Illinois, which is 7th and 6th, respectively. Michigan, which is 6th and 5th. But I don't think Michigan can win it. Not without Isaiah Livers. He is too critical to that team. 
With Isaiah Livers on the floor, Michigan is an elite offensive team. When Isaiah Livers doesn't play, they're a very good offensive team. I don't think they'll win it without Isaiah Livers, and I'm not sure that they will with him. Houston is also in that Ken Pomeroy group. They're ninth and eighth, respectively, in offensive and defensive efficiency ratings. And by the way, they're the number two offensive rebounding team in the country. Now, I'll probably get hate mail if I don't at least mention the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They do have Cade Cunningham, probably the best player in the country. He's the projected number one pick. He's a freshman phenom. Look at Oklahoma State is going to enter every game they play with the single most talented player on the floor. And I think you have to throw away everything to happen in the first half of the season. Cunningham and Oklahoma State, they they play like a top seed, and they've played like a real contender. They hammered Texas and Texas Tap. They swept Oklahoma. They swept or they beat West Virginia twice. And all of those things happened before the last month of the season when Oklahoma found themselves playing even better. Now, this run feels a little bit like the stretch run that UConn had with Kemba Walker back in 2011, or maybe even, you know, this is a comparison that's a bit of a stretch, but some folks have put them in the same sentence as Syracuse in 2003 when Carmelo Anthony was a freshman and they won it all. The top of the bracket, though, you know, they're strong. They, they've, uh, you know, they've got a gauntlet to run through. So you take them one step at a time, and, you know, Oklahoma State's got to get it done tomorrow before you can start talking about them winning it all or even getting to the Final Four. I don't believe they'll even get to the Final Four. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. I know it's a short list, but the way I see it, is that they are really the only four or five teams, six teams maybe, that can win those six games and consistently perform down the stretch when it matters most. Star power, defense, rebounding, crunch time, clutch, making your free throws like Oral Roberts did. It's been a crazy three days in Vegas. It's everything we hoped it would be. And Las Vegas, I will tell you, is on the recovery. I'll have some data for you. And we're going to talk about all that with our guest coming up. It's Tony Miller with the Golden Nugget Nugget Sportsbook. Legendary here in town and certainly a fan favorite. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you can save a bundle on your auto insurance. All right, let's welcome in a gentleman. He's a fan favorite here in Las Vegas, a good friend of mine, the legendary sportsbook director over at the Golden Nugget Hotel, Tony Miller. Tony, how are you, buddy? Bernie, my man, how are you? Thanks for having me on tonight. I'm so excited, as I know you are, because you go. But we go back a year, and we were robbed last season. Uh, so let's start with this, because everybody around the country asks me, "What does Vegas feel like now?" I see foot traffic everywhere. I'm guessing the handle is huge. Tony, take us behind the counter and tell everybody what you're seeing. Oh, Bernie, let me tell you, and everybody out there, you know, I, it's been a rough year. 
And it was this time last year we shut down. It was so depressing right at March Madness time. But let me tell you, we're back for a vengeance. Vegas was hopping, hopping today and yesterday. And we were really busy here at the Golden Nugget. And it's like the old times. It was crowded. It was exciting. And it was fun to watch. And uh, we're back. Tony, uh, I know the handle in... 2019 was about 346 million. It's my understanding, based on projections, we're going to break that this year. Is that true? <laughs> you know, Bernie, I think we will. Um, you know, I was kind of worried about my numbers being down because of the pandemic, because of all the sports books up and around the country right now. But you know what? It hasn't hurt a thing. And uh, we were busy as normal, and our handle was good, and our, our wagers coming over the counter were big and strong, and uh, it was great. So I'm looking forward to some good handles over the next couple of days, and maybe we will break that record. Talking with Tony Miller, sportsbook director of the Golden Nut in downtown Las Vegas. Tony, we've already had four overtime games, a 15-seed win, two 13-seeds win, a 14-seed win. We've had five seven-point or greater dogs went outright. Which of those outcomes has been the best for the books and which not so good? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Of all the years I've been doing this, Bernie, with March Madness, I've never seen so many dogs come into play, and, and the, the betting public is sharp to it. They've been playing a lot of dogs with me. So, uh, Abilene Christian tonight, you know, uh, with that game a straight-up winner over Texas, that was the big hit for the house. They bet Abilene Christian on the on the money line. They bet them on the, on the, on the sides, and, and it's been going like that all day with the dogs. Normally, you make a lot of money when those guys come in, uh, but not right. So now, uh, you know, so when the favorites come in, like Gonzaga covering is actually good for us tonight. And normally we don't need Gonzaga, but tonight we're on their side, and it's been going back and forth. But so far, uh, my side of the count is the sportsbook side is doing very well. Tony, another trend since Thursday that's been prevalent, first half unders, like 28-7-1 the first three days. Do you look for the market to adjust, or how do you counteract that? You know, Bernie, the public loves betting overs, and we have not adjusted to it. And you're right, those unders are coming in, but nothing yet. So as long as the public keeps, you know, I'll put up straight straight sides and straight totals. And as long as the public keeps playing the overs and, and the favors, I'm going to continue to go that way. And uh, I'm not going to adjust it down or up either way. Now, Tony, one of the popular props, my understanding in town, has to do with the Final Four prop, the over-under of the cumulative total of individual seeds, and I think it's 10.5 this year. Is that correct? That's, that's right around there, yes. So are you finding action in any particular direction? And if so, how, what does that reveal to you? Actually, it's it, it becoming an on the under, and that's telling me that, you know, the public's looking for the number one seeds and the number two seeds not to come in, and uh, that might happen, buddy. I mean, you know, or excuse me, to come in, and that might happen. The way it's looking right now, it's going to be crazy, though, because if you're a dog better and you like those long seeds, the 15s, the 14s, the 15s, or whatever, they're going to, you're looking in the play right now. Something really weird can happen this year. Uh, there's no question. There's There seems to be a lot of parity, although I think it's more the haves and have-nots. You know, uh, the show before us, Arnie Spanier, Aaron Torres, they'd asked a question Aaron asked earlier about an hour ago about prop opportunities and some of the products that you have for March Madness, and I'm certainly aware of the conference win totals, and I was uh, joking around, if you're holding a Pac-12 ticket, you're probably happy. If you're holding an ACC ticket, maybe not so much. What are some of the props and the products that people can bet on during March Madness, Tony? Because you guys have been really creative on that over the years. 
Yeah, we threw up a bunch of things before the tournament started. Unfortunately, now they're down. We don't have a whole lot of time to throw up many more in between. But, you know, you can bet, you know, besides who's going to, which region's going to win and, and, and things like that, you can bet on player props and, and, and all sorts of types of totals that we throw up. There's a lot you can do. But, unfortunately, right now, once the tournament does start, we take those down, and they're real hard to put up this time. We'll sure. put some more up next week. No, it's a lot hotter. I realize that with the games, you, you don't know who's going to win and lose every day, so you don't have time to really analyze it. Uh, which team, Tony, in the tournament, it's my understanding it's Houston, is presenting the largest liability to the books? Yeah, Houston's a big problem for us, especially us at the Golden Nugget, because we do have a large Houston crowd that comes up from Texas, where our headquarters are. But Houston is one of those teams we get beat up on. And a lot of the long shots, of course, that people shoot BBs at the moon and try and get some big money. <laughs> I love that. Many of those guys should come in, you know what I mean? So, but, but other than that, the only other one that we really get stung on is, is uh, you know, besides Houston, is Florida State and Iowa and a little bit on Baylor. Now, the tournament itself started on Friday this week, and I think it's really cool that we're going to have a slate of games eight on Monday. Has that affected the handle either way? Has it helped or hurt the handle, in your view? You know why It's kind of helped the handle, because now you have two exciting days starting on Friday where a lot of the crowd from Southern California come into Las Vegas and whatnot. So it kind of raised my handle a little bit, having those two big days on a Friday and Saturday. It's going to help us out on Monday. You know, normally we don't have any action, but there will be this week. And uh, you know, come the following week, we'll see what happens when they play those later days also. Wrapping it up with Tony Miller, legendary sports book director over at the Golden Nugget. Tony, uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but when VCO had the first ever COVID cancellation in the history of March Madness, it's my understanding that if you're on the game, uh, all those tickets uh, are graded as no action. But if you're holding VCU as a futures ticket, that's just kind of a tough break. Is that right? It sure is, especially this late in the tournament. You know, and we had a lot of action on VCU during the year, and unfortunately, those tickets do go down as a loser. That's kind of the risk you take by sure. betting futures. And uh, if you had action on the game itself, though, you do get a refund on the game against Oregon, but the futures go down the drain. Before we uh, let you go, Tony, uh, you guys do a phenomenal job down there at the Golden Nugget. Take a minute to tell the folks what you've got coming up. Give yourself a plug, NFL draft, remainder of the tournament, anything you'd like. You know, downtown the Golden Nugget, our main thing is we're a freestanding book. I make my own lines, and I put up a lot of things other books don't put up. And, uh, you know, so I kind of go out on the limb on some of my lines. I'm a little bit different than the big boys around town. So if you're ever downtown Las Vegas, please stop by, say hello, and uh, take a look at some of my unique lines. Do that. You'll find Tony one of the more engaging, one of the funniest guys. Former UNLV football player, by the way. You got any eligibility left, Tony? I think they could use you. I just wish I could run. <laughs> All right. Thanks for staying up late. Of course, this is probably just normal hours for you. But, Tony, thanks for joining me as always. Have you on again down the road. You take care, Bernie. Thank you. All right. That is Tony Miller, Sportsbook Director of the Golden Nugget at downtown. Coming up, we're going to take you behind what's happening here in Las Vegas in terms of who some of the wise guys have bet on so far, how they've done, some stats, factoids, facts and figures, and that's about all the alliteration I got left. But first, well, let's go to the man. You know, he's got a nickname here around the Fox Sports radio compound. We simply call him 
Swipe right. Let's go to Brian Finley <laughs> with the latest. I thought it was clown, but I guess I'm wrong. Abilene Christian Joe Pleasant Bernie, the worst free throw shooter on his team, confidently sunk two at the line with 1.2 seconds left as the 14-seeded Wildcats stunning the third-seeded Texas Longhorns 53-52 in the first round of the NCAA tournament on Saturday. After the game, a speechless Abilene Christian head coach Joel Golding reacting to his feel-good moment. Well, I have no idea. I'm sure there's a lot of positives that are going to come out of that, man. We just beat the University of Texas. You know, little old Abilene Christian out in West Texas built a program that uh, went uh, toe-to-toe with the University of Texas. And, uh, you know, it's an incredible story. On social media, Oklahoma head football coach Lincoln O'Reilly tweeted, quote, congrats, Coach Golding, on a great win. Big win on the big stage, close quote, on the big stage, that is. Riley certainly won't waste an opportunity to throw in a calculated jab at his rival Longhorns. Also, UCLA devastating BYU 73-62 as Bruins' Johnny Juzing thriving with 27 points. Oregon advancing past VCU without playing its game after COVID-19 positives infiltrated the Rams' program. The number one overall seed in this tourney, Gonzaga, bouncing Norfolk State and 98 to 55 as the Zags get Oklahoma next after the Sooners twisting up Missouri 72 to 68. 13 seeded Ohio ousting Virginia 62 to 58 as the Cavs lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament for the second time in three years. Maryland flushing down UConn 63 to 54. The two seeded Iowa quelling Grand Canyon 86 to 74. USC, Alabama, Florida State, Kansas, LSU, Creighton, and Michigan all winners against their lower seeded opponents on Saturday. And finally, in the NBA, Lakers' LeBron James is out for an undetermined amount of time with a sprained ankle. And as I send it back to Bernie Fratto, it doesn't matter what injury he's dealing with. He is always here. He is a star. I think I strained my neck eating a pizza tonight, uh, Brian, but I'm good to go, man. I I, I play hurt, man. You're going to battle through. I'm Gumby, damn it. Hey, by the way, not going to let you go so fast here, fella. <laughs> Your UCLA Bruins, four-and-a-half-point favorite against a plucky Abilene Christian. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, Abilene Christian, not for nothing, 19-6 and six against the spread this year. You're going to want to make a prediction for Monday? Yeah, you know, I'm going to say that they are going to beat Abilene Christian by more than the spread. What I am concerned about, Bernie, the Wildcats' defense. They forced north of 20 turnovers against the Longhorns. I'm concerned about that. It was a low-scoring game, and so I think it's going to be a lot grittier and a lot tougher for a Bruin win than we would think, but I think UCLA is going to prevail and get through to the Sweet 16, which none, Bernie, of the national media said. So they deserve some humility, and they deserve to look at themselves in the mirror. What a shock. You're picking UCLA. I just can't, be- <laughs> I just can't believe it. All right, that's Brian Fenley, the silver-tongued devil. You hear him throughout the week yucking it up with all the big-timers. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS. And you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Or you heard Tony Miller there a minute ago. Vegas is really rocking. And and I will tell you, it feels good. You go into the casinos. Folks, if you're you know listening to this around the country in one of our 360 affiliates tonight, and I know uh, that we've got listeners pretty much in every state. We've got folks that listen in Australia, Ireland. They're really kind, and I hear from them. Look, come on out. It's time. Uh, over a million people have been vaccinated here. 
uh, we had momentum. We Vegas had momentum heading into the big dance because just got done hosting five conference tournaments, 95 teams. The Pac-12, the Mountain West, the WCC, the Big West, and the WAC were all just here two weeks ago. All 85 games were played. There were no cancellations. By the way, the players that were here, they took 10,000 cumulative COVID tests with no confirmed positives. All 18 teams who advanced to the tournament stayed healthy. By the way, shows are returning to Vegas. 40 shows have returned on the strip now. The positivity rate is down below 5%. Those are really good numbers. Oh, by the way, we've got the tournament, too. Now, it's a great place to hang, watch. You heard Tony Miller. There's so much to do. But I talked about loving the storylines. And I was really sad to see what happened with VCU today. You know, the bubble has a new connotation. Used to be teams were worried about being on the bubble, getting in the tournament. Now they're concerned about living in the bubble. Just ask VCU. Hey, yes, there is no Duke or Kentucky. First time since 1976. Now, coincidentally, that's the year Indiana was undefeated. Deja vu, Gonzaga, UNLV couldn't get it done in 1991. Remember, they won it all in 90. They crushed uh, Duke 103-73 in March of 1990 to win it all for Jerry Tarkanian. That team had actually lost three games that year. Wichita State, 2014, they were undefeated. They lost to Kentucky in the round of 32. Kentucky in 2015, they couldn't finish the job. They got beaten the uh, Final Four against Wisconsin. You don't know what's going to happen. We do know that there are some things that are starting to emerge. For instance, okay, now all four number ones are still alive, and I can tell you that the pre-tournament favorite, which is Gonzaga now, it's won seven of the last 15 years, including North Carolina, Villanova. Uh, Most recently, the number one seed, any number one seed, has won three straight at 11 of the last 15, the last to do it, Virginia, in 2019. However, only 41% of number one seeds make it to the final four. So if you picked 40, uh, four number one seeds in your bracket, unless we're going to uh, channel 2004 all over again, you're probably going to lose one of them. Got to love the fact that Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt, at 101 years old, was able to attend her first game this year. They won. Uh, and and they get Illinois tomorrow as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, which I find a very interesting line. I think... Uh, uh, Illinois-Chicago is getting a, a lot of respect on that line because when Illinois played Michigan on March 2nd, they were only laying eight. Now they're laying seven, seven and a half to Illinois-Chicago. And the bottom line is that I don't know if Illinois-Chicago uh, and Michigan would be, you know, a one-point difference on a on a neutral floor. We've already had wacky numbers hit us between the eyes. When Ohio State lost as a number – 15 seed on Friday. Prior to that, prior to Friday, in the last 45 years, number two seeds were 132 and eight. That's only the ninth loss in 45 years by a number two seed at the hands of a number 15. Interestingly enough, it's happened five times in the last nine tournaments. Too bad for Ohio State. A lot of folks had them in their final four. I didn't. I had them going, you know, winning a couple games. Uh, Look, the 5 12 thing, you know all about that. I would just say this, that this thing continues to be wide open. I still think Gonzaga's going to win it all. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Uh, Tony Miller mentioned that the Final Four prop of 10.5 cumulative total, if you add up the four, number, or the four seeds, 
and who will be in the Final Four. A lot of folks are, are betting the under. But if a UCLA crashes the party and goes all the way to the finals, like Larry Brown did in 1980 when they uh, lost to Louisville, no one expected that team to do much. UCLA is an 11 seed. <laughs> all right, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I will tell you, you can start to imagine things because, look, in the last 48 hours, we've had four overtime games. A 15-seed win, two 13-seeds win, a 14-seed win. Five seven-plus-point underdogs went outright. We've had a COVID cancellation, a sister gene sighting, and how about that crazy Buddy Beheim last night channeling his inner Kevin Pitsnoggle. We're just getting started. We've got eight games tomorrow and eight games Monday. By Monday night, when you go to bed, we'll know who the Sweet 16 is just like that. All right, coming up, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Look, there are already two significant trends that have awoken since this thing tipped off Thursday, and Mackenzie will have some analysis for you because if you listen to my if you listen to my segment with Tony Miller, although one of these trends has been pretty dramatic, the players apparently haven't really been taking advantage of it. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto. Come to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-88-FARMERS, and you can save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Call Farmers today for a quote. Before we get to McKenzie, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be the pride of Detroit, Chris Perfett, Ryan Bershinger, co-host with Bo Benson of the legendary Swing Shift podcast. And Brian, if he changed the letters Y and A to you and I, his name would be Bruin Finley, but he's still the silver tongue devil. Thanks, guys, for all that you do. Could not do this fine show to a grateful nation without your help. All right, you know me, love McKinley without him. Let's get to Mackinac Sports. Mackenzie, it's been a whirlwind 48 hours, and right out of the gate, uh, you've uncovered some pretty dramatic <clears throat> trends that are worth noting. Yeah, someone pointed this to me out on Twitter. Uh, after the fourth game, it's been 35 games. We didn't get the 36th because of ECU Oregon being canceled. And it was four and zero when I was when I was alerted to it. It's twenty seven and seven and one currently, and that trend is first half unders. Now, why now I, is the question? I, yeah, go ahead. I mean, well, I think there are plenty of three theories, but go ahead. I mean, rock fight was thrown a lot. The the term uh, coming into the tournament, and it's been it's been a boulder fest. I mean, for whatever reason, these games have started off incredibly tense, incredibly. Cagey, as the British would call it, they're just not showing their full ability to start the game. Why is that? I think there's several reasons, but more importantly, the most important I think is we didn't have this tournament last year. All eyes of the nation are on this tournament like it's never been before. It's in a new venue that it's never been before. It's it's with a new style that we've never seen before, and I think. All of it leads up to the incredible amount of nerves that it's just taking a while before these games kind of break through the ice and, and find some rhythm. They've been incredibly low scoring early. They've been The first half has been scoring five points less than expected, both teams combined. That's significant. That's insane number. That's significant. 
on a total of 60, you're going on average 55. That's just that's it's very it's very insane. Well, I'll tell you that we always know that there is tension and there is pressure when this tournament starts. There are there's there's self-imposed pressure. These are young guys, 19, 18, 20 years old, etc. And I remember last year when we were bringing back sports with no fans, people would ask, how's that going to affect things? You and I both thought it could affect the total under because with nobody in the stands, or I know there are some people, but it's not the same. You've got to kind of bring your own energy. The refs aren't going to call as many fouls, all those things. But when you add it all up, whether it's the sight lines, whether it's unfamiliarity, living in a bubble, pressure, the fear of getting COVID, knowing you got to get tested every day, all the distractions, any way to slice it, the question will be whether this trend continues. Tony Miller said they don't really need to adjust the lines because the players haven't taken advantage. I love under trends for that exact reason. Tony Miller, I'm so glad he said that because it was my suspicion all along. Whereas if someone, something's going under at a 75% clip, the market's going to adjust like that. It's going to be immediate because Joe Schmo, with his six pack and a beer, is going to be throwing money on the over and he's going to be winning and he's going to be doubling up and he's going to love it. The under is the exact opposite. Everyone is like, oh man, I just I hope they start scoring. I hope the overs start coming in. And they don't realize the opportunity that they have right now. Now, I don't think it's going to be 80% for the tournament, this trend. I do, however, think in select spots, especially if teams are playing in new arenas that they're not used to, you can go ahead and look at it. And I have one for you tomorrow. Lucas Oil Stadium has gone under, under, under every game that's played there. It's a huge, vacuous, spacious football stadium where the Indianapolis Colts play, and they're trying to play basketball games in it with about 10,000 fans or so sprinkled around. It's a very odd, small environment where the games are going under. Next next up, Houston, Rutgers tomorrow. I love the under 61 and a half in the first half. Neither of these teams have ever played in Lucas Oil Stadium. I expect a very low-scoring start to that game, and I expect to make some money on it. All right. The other prop that Tony and I talked about was the cumulative total of the sum of the seeds of the final four. And this year, the prop is 10 and a half. I want to talk about that in just a second. But look, you've got UCLA at 11 seed against Abilene Christian, a 14 seed. you got Ohio, a 13 seed. They were my best bet today, winning outright. Whoever wins that game, Creighton's a five seed. So you're going to have some larger seeds emerge. Talk about the likelihood that it falls under that number or goes over that number based on past history. Well, in about 10 minutes is my birthday here in the West Coast, and I was thinking about asking for this prop to come in and cash and make me a lot of money, but I'm going to save it because it just seems like such a guaranteed thing that I wouldn't want to waste my birthday wish on it. Nine of the last 10 years, this number, the cumulative sum of these final four teams, has been over 11 12, I mean, nine times, 90% of the time. Yeah. And I think this is just the way college basketball is now. There is no dominant teams. I mean, maybe outside of Gonzaga. There's so much parity. Grand Canyon could easily beat Iowa on a given day. We just saw Abilene Christian do take care of business against Texas. The college basketball is different, and I think this number is 10 years old. I think it should be 12 and a half, 13 and a half. I think it's an easy winner for us. If you see this prop out here, I like the over. All right, excellent work, McKenzie, as also, and of course, your best bet tomorrow, first half, 61 under in the uh, Houston game. And yep. uh, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me with, with their defense. All right, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's show. By the way, not for nothing, uh, just so you know, uh, the last time Loyola Chicago was in the Final Four, the cumulative total was 16. So they're still alive. Uh, they could be in it. I want to thank Tony Miller 
uh, for joining us tonight. As always, if you get to Vegas, get down to the Golden Nugget. You'll have a blast. Eight more games on the slate tomorrow. Plenty of hijinks to happen. That's going to do for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, Jason Martin, the man from Nashville. Keep it locked right here, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 